Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the oh sun blows up pants. and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with <laughs> Kyle and Sean, and Sean. Yeah, Sean. Sean. I mean, I don't care <laughs> Oh like yeah it. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I'm a melting Hot. pot of Minnesota. We're, we're <laughs> what? What's up, buddy? What's up, listeners? We're from we're the Minnesota Grind podcast. We legitimately spent way too much time before even starting to record, just talking back and forth, going "Oh yeah" for no oh. reason at all. You're you're a bit younger than me. Did you did you have Bobby's World as a kid? The you remember that cartoon? Bobby's World. Hold on. Yeah, Hold, okay. please. Keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Now, Bobby's World was a cartoon uh, that was uh, created and voiced by Howie Mandel. I believe it was a USA Network cartoon. Uh, but I just uh, remember his mom was. Well. Oh, wow. She, Howie's Canadian, so the mom is Canadian. But Minnesota and Canada, they, they're so close, they get a lot of that. That lap over, eh? Yeah, it's it's the. But I just remember his uh, his mom would always say, "Oh, Bobby, don't you know?" Oh my God, you saying that? Yes, sparks something. Okay, so listeners, two things. One, yes, this is bringing me down a little rabbit hole that I haven't thought of since this came out in 1990. So probably 1991. Mm-hmm. And two, <laughs> holy fuck, Howie Mandel with hair. Oh weird, my right? God, look at that fucking yeah. perm. People, yeah, just dude. type in Bobby's World and go to Google Images and just scroll for a minute. You're going to see Howie Mandel with a tight little black perm. I don't think it's... A, or I Jerry think, Curl or something. I don't I know. I think Mandel is... A, I think he's a member of the tribe. I don't believe Mandel is his true last name. Wow. I feel super racist right now. It's not racist to point out that Jewish people have afros and curly, kinky hair. It's a very common trait. Okie dokie then. I'm just gonna <laughs> shut up and let you keep talking. It's not it's not indicative, but it is very common. Do you remember uh D- Beer Fest? We watched Beer Fest for this show, didn't we? Uh probably not. Maybe. I've watched Beer Fest a thousand times and I don't know who I've talked about it with without. I'm pretty sure I definitely we did, an did an on Nerdy on Thursday. But uh the one guy is Jewish in that movie and Fink? he has the tight Yeah, yeah remember? Finkelstein. Yeah. Think. That's me jerking off a <laughs> he frog. Does, he does the, uh, oh yeah, he does jerk off frogs too. Yeah. God damn. See, you got good pull. You, you remember the scenes from the movie, but you don't remember if we've done the movie. No idea. I love that. I know I've talked about I've, it, but the problem I've, is, is I've been on 17 podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> so it's like. I'm about to <laughs> send my, uh, my submission into the, uh, beer me boys for my next hopeful guest episode i always go extra for them well i can't tell you because i i go extra i write my i buy like a weird birthday card i think i got yeah i think i got a birthday card for grandpa this time that's a no you should do okay you should release this sometime in like the middle of an episode and tell everybody to mail them give out their address oh and sure, everybody, sure. yeah, yeah, that's not a bad <laughs> idea at all. And have everybody mail in these things. Yeah. Dave's going to be super weirded out. <clears throat> Who cares? I like Tell me off out, air, because I'm Makes curious. me feel good. Oh, sure, I will. It's, uh, it's my favorite bad movie of all time. So. Oh, I think I already know what it is. You probably do. 
Um, we've talked about it a couple Hold times. Hold on, can I go like this? It's you got it, bro. Look at you. You know me so I fucking well. Also, I mimed that wait. like a motherfucker. You've been trying to talk me into watching that for like four years. Scroll, uh, scroll back a little bit. What is this shirt you're wearing? I like that design. Oh, it's Fraggle Rock, dude. No fucking way. Of course it's Fraggle Rock. That's why I like it even more, dude. That's tight. Yeah, buddy. Sorry everybody for hearing awesome. my squeaky chair, but yeah, I love this shirt, dude. It's in the style of um, like Brady Bunch. Very much so. Kinda. Yes. Brady Bunch is very pop art. I like that, dude. Yeah. That's cool. I love this shirt. I don't get to wear this nearly as much as I would like, but I will always, I will forever be nostalgic for Fraggle Rock. Dude, I will send you a video when we get off here because I watched uh, Adam Savage from the Mythbusters tour the Muppet uh, studio, mm. and he talks and... Uh, one of the actors is there, and they like put on one of the Fraggle Rock like big people costumes, and no showing like way. how it, dude, it's so fucking cool. You're gonna love it, Sean. What, dude? Okay, yeah, so dude. I already love Adam Savage. Love I do him. too. Yeah, love MythBusters. Um, so that is like the perfect marriage of two worlds. And I gotta say, for as much as we got off topic and <clears throat> have no idea what we're talking about by the end of the show, you always always deliver when you say you're going to send a video. We may not do it in the in the comment section for the viewers cuz we're terrible at yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but you always send me videos and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, here's the reason for that, Sean. Uh I like you. I hate the listeners. So <laughs> Oh, it's funny cuz it's true. It is, right? No. It's actually it's I I keep notes of everything. Like I have my uh <clears throat> My would you rather for today, spoiler alert, we got a new thing we're doing, folks. Uh, Sean and I are going to be trading would you rathers at the end of each episode. Uh, Sean hit me with one last week, and so uh, he unfortunately started another new tradition, which once those go, they go till we get bored and forget about them. Dude, and that is that is the ADHD way, man. Like you uh-huh, get your uh-huh. hooks, you get your claws hooked into something, and you're like, I'm going to ride this. Until nobody on this world thinks it's entertaining, funny, or interesting anymore, including myself. Uh But I have had a lot of fun over the last month's worth of episodes just tinkering with how the intro starts and how the outro goes. Uh And so like having us just talking over the music at the end. I love that too. It's been so much fun for me. Not going to lie. We've been having fun, listeners. Um. Hopefully we continue to have fun. We'll find out. Uh, I get, again, as we've discussed frequently, I get weird ADHD ideas, uh, as do you sometimes. My weird one, I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because the world is burning and dying, Sean. So I had yeah. the bright idea to, to do a, uh, a global warming episode. Yeah. And thought we would cover, uh, maybe, is this the first Kevin Costner flick? On the show, I haven't done a Kevin Costner flick before. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we've ever was done he a in Kevin Tin Costner. Cup? Oh wait, he wasn't Tin Cup. But yeah. we didn't do an official episode. We didn't do an episode on it. that, and I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He is in Tin Cup. Oh man, uh, yeah, we're doing a super positive episode this week. We're doing Waterworld after uh, the polar ice caps have melted and the world is flooded. You know, it. This was basically <clears throat> Water Mad Max. Very much so, yes. Like, um, heavy vibes the entire time. It was, we will... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, it's really weird for us to 
oddly talk about uh, something you hate, like being, what was it, um, spun around or whatever. Or seasick. I suffer from seasickness, too. Yeah, yeah, Equilibrium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how much I, I've mentioned it on this show before, I hate being in water where I can't see mm-hmm. my feet. Like, really, really deep water. We both have a I think, is the phobia of deep water. Dude, I will, like, I will jump into it. I'll jump off a boat into water and swim as fast as I can back to the boat and then right keep jumping the off. Don't care. Oh. But I am getting out of that water with the quickness. But I didn't feel bothered at all watching this movie in the slightest. So Good. That's good to know. I have one know. part that makes me a little queasy, but we'll get into that. Mm. Um, before we get too deep into it, uh, and we will... I'm sure we'll bounce around and then we'll off, start the off episode the proper. Uh, oh, I like that. Thanks, uh, I guess my my first question we always go with, Sean, have you ever seen Waterworld or was this a first time viewing? There is not a chance I've ever seen a single part of this movie ever before. Um, there is a lot of things, a lot of very quick revelations about this movie that changed entirely what I thought about this movie right off the bat. Um, yeah. This was... Not even close to what I thought it was going to be. Okay. I'm curious to dig a little deeper into that. Um, I don't know where where you're going to come down on it. I picked Waterworld. uh, Are you familiar at all with this movie? Not even watching it? Because there's a bit of a... uh, Yes. Yeah, so it's famously considered a a flop, uh, a big bomb, a bust, if you will. Which is interesting because the first thing that you see when you hop onto the cock, uh, peacock, for uh-huh. those that don't know, it, it's there. Uh, it does give you critic rating and audience rating, and they both sat pretty happily at about 46, 45 to 47%, depending on which one you're looking at. And that gave me a little bit of optimism. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's a little middling. It's not terrible. It's not great. I had no idea that this movie really bombed. I'm a uh-huh. little surprised that it mm-hmm. bombed after having seen it and this was 95 yeah a little surprised but i don't know I think, from everything yeah. that i knew about it versus what i saw i don't think the previews did a very good job of selling this movie if i mm-hmm. remember what i was seeing as a kid versus what i just saw cuz i had a very different idea of what this movie was versus what i just saw okay I want to put a pin in that and come back to it because I want to talk about the bomb aspect for just a bit because I think this is classified or was classified as a bomb for so long because, of course, uh, it had a, a hugely ballooned budget. And uh, I think there's there's two fast rules in Hollywood is that you don't work with kids and you don't work on open water. This movie had both of those things. A lot um, of both of those things. And uh, they they shot off the coast of uh, Hawaii, and for some reason, that's production not be cheap. They did. Uh, it was actually cheap. They wanted. It was either between Hawaii or Australia, and I think Hawaii was somehow cheaper. Um, but I think, in retrospect, had they done Australia, it would have been cheaper overall because of the fact that Hawaii's location uh, brings in such heavy tropical winds. Uh, 
storms would come in at like the afternoon every day, so they had to stop shooting around four. Uh, it would often take about two hours to tow the sets out far enough to see to where like you couldn't see land. All right, sorry about that. Uh, this is a weird little jump cut. Uh, technical difficulties, ghosts in the machine. Mm. We're back. Uh, I think it's a sign of the polar ice caps warming up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you- I was talking production wise about a bunch of bullshit. Dude, it's um, insane that, uh, like, they had to go that far out to sea. Like, I get it. Like, obviously, you have to. This is one of those things where all of the shots are gorgeous, and that's mainly because they are out in the middle of the ocean, no land in sight, and that is just such a weird feeling. And until right now, I didn't. my brain didn't even start to piece together how they did that. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't some soundstage with green screen. Like, there is a lot of green screen in this movie. Mm-hmm. But those shots certainly aren't one of them. So, nope. very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it It had a $175 million budget. I know. And from what I read, too, $22 million of that was paid personally by Kevin Costner out of his own money. Wow. What a pretty so, good guy. He he was very dedicated to this movie. Um, so I guess before we get deeper into it, Sean, let's break down what you thought this movie was compared to what this movie really was. I'm I'm curious about this. Um, okay. So I from my understanding, it was exactly like what we just talked about. You know, the polar ice caps had melted. And there is this just world that's just water and there's people on ships and they're trying to find some mythical dry land. Now, yes, that is this movie, but also this is Mad Max Little Mermaid. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) And I feel like I feel like if this was advertised as Mad Max Little Mermaid, like people would eat that shit up and they would have went to the movie theaters. But I imagine the fact that he has spoilers gills behind his ears and he's evolved to this world. Muto. Uh, yeah. As a Muto or mutant um, is one of those surprises, but it's not even like some late game revelation. It's yeah. It's like thrown at you in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Which really o- quickly on, which only plays more and more into the movie, and it does have little flashes. Like Little Mermaid, obviously had inspir- drew inspiration from Little Mermaid with the trinkets of the humans of times oh, yeah. past, and you know, going to see in uh, like. It's so weird thinking about that. He's basically this mermaid, right? That and he's got webbed toes. Crazy. But uh sometimes. You know, when it's convenient yeah, sometimes. for the camera. <laughs> but he's going down to too. see the human world of before and going down and collecting all of this dirt to then bring to people to trade because that's a commodity. And wouldn't you know it, he can breathe underwater and go get dirt and bring it back and make a you know, get everything he needs to just keep going on. Um, yeah, in rec- that regard, it was much different. I knew the basic outline story of like 
gotta find this land. But I didn't foresee like the Dennis Hopper role um, mm-hmm. of the of the deacon, and I I've definitely seen like the little girl in like clips from this movie, so she popped out. And then I was like, holy shit, that's Deb from Napoleon Dynamite. Dude, the very first time I saw Napoleon Dynamite in theaters, it was one of those, I like, you, you just, who the fuck is that girl? I've seen her in something. What the fuck? And then, like, as soon as I left the movie and then I found out, it's the little girl from Waterworld. Insane. And she's still acting. Dude, she's only mm-hmm. 37. Like, that yeah, blows my mind. Blows my mind. Um, so, I mean, that's basically it. I, yeah, I mean, we'll get more into it. We will get more into it. Um, as I said, Sean, this movie is famously panned, uh, considered a, a bad movie, a bomb movie. Um, Sean, I'm here to disagree with all of that. I fucking love this movie, man. <laughs> I will. I don't know if you do. I will say, while I don't love this movie, I don't see why it's panned. Like it, it was enjoyable. It, mm-hmm. Like it was enjoyable. There was a couple of really cringe scenes that, like, I really hated. Um, like, I did you know that IMDb? If you go to the storyline underneath it, it has a bunch of tags, mm-hmm. um, for movies. Uh, and the five tags that it has on this is drinking one's urine, which is the first scene you see in this movie. Very first. Interesting. Water. Surprise. Surprise. Non-consensual haircut. Mm-hmm. Pedophile. And tattoo on back. Now, you guys can probably figure out a couple of the ones in this movie that I thought were cringe. Uh, Dennis a- Hopper's super creepy attitude towards the little girl made my skin crawl. And so did Which? the yeah. guy that... Kevin, that I'm just gonna refer to him as Ariel, uh, the guy that Ariel kills. Okay. Um, uh, the Paul guy Graydon. that looks like a lion, or the guy that looks like Triple H. The guy that looks like a super scrawny Triple H. Okay, yeah. You know when uh, he's trading for that jar of like clippings, and he wants to have a go at the two women for half an hour, and he wants the little girl oh, for 45 minutes. That dude. All yeah. right, so that dude. <clears throat> to me? Oh, not Triple H looking dude. The one that looks yeah. like his entire face was stung by bees? No. Yes, that dude. That, no, that no. looks like Triple H with the, the hair and everything. <laughs> now you know who I'm talking about. No, yeah, yeah. that dude, the, the skinny trader guy, dude, that guy. All right, so uh, you mentioned Deb is now 37. So I am yeah. one year older than she is. So when this movie came out, I was around her age. And I think that's one of the reasons I like this movie so much. It's... It was a big thing with me as a kid, and then it was also one of those, every time I'd see it on TV, I'd watch it. Another fun fact I learned in doing research for this episode, the made-for-TV version is the more truer representation of this flick. Is it the longer uh, version? It, it's got 40 minutes of extra stuff added to it. It's the three-hour version that's preferred. So it, it Yeah, it, it, and it adds a lot of, like context and backstory to a lot of other things that got cut out in this theatrical version but what i will say is that even as a kid uh that dude has stayed with me primarily because of his performance it's so fucking good like yeah he is play he plays like the brain fried drifter so well yep but what has stuck with me forever and i every time that i 
See, again, minutes. we have 30 minutes. We have it's not even that, but we have this these ADHD triggers, which some people won't understand, but I know that you do. Every fucking time I'm anywhere and I see paper in my head, I'm thinking, it's paper, it's paper, man. It's got paper. <laughs> Forever, dude. I that's just gonna plays stick with you in my mind. I fucking love the way that he does that, the way that the R rolls when he says it. It's paper. Yeah. I got actual paper. Uh that dude's wild though, man. And I wanted to comment too. One thing I absolutely love about this movie, outside of the cheap green screening, which I feel is more of just an aspect of 90s. And I feel like a lot yeah. of the problems with this movie are just general 90s filmmaking in general. Like, uh, I think a lot of the issues with this you would see and also like a big budget Michael Douglas movie around the same time, which is weird. 90s movies have, they're a time capsule. We've discussed this. They have yeah. weirdness. We talked about 80s movies being time capsules. But holy fuck, the commitment to production design in this flick is so next level. Like, all the costuming, all the set design. I love how it it feels like real people living on drifted shit that just yeah. washes up. Like, he's got, like, this weird one-toe thing on his finger that is just, mm-hmm. it's... For his it knife, doesn't matter because he rests yeah. his knife on it, and, and it's when he's like, it's so fucking yeah. cool, man! It's all these little touches that make this feel like a real lived-in world. I feel it like doesn't so, always work. Sorry, I feel like so many times that people like movies like this, you will have um, like really good design for main characters, uh-huh. whereas like almost every like. I say almost, but literally every character in this movie, like you said, has such great direction in terms of who each of them are. Like there is there is this dumbass part of part of Deacon's crew who is manning the gunboat, right? The and he's got guy. these gobbles these goggles and a pig nose. And I it is it. so fitting for that character. When he ends up blowing up Deacon's boat, and it's just like he's just uh, man, he is the most Mad Max character in the entire movie. That one guy, but it felt fit him so well. I love that too. Like, there's so many times that like the guns in this movie jam. I love the way that they made like all the guns are like pieced together from other like it. They all look ah, like they're so- covered in duct tape. <laughs> it's so it's so fucking well done, man. Uh, the one thing that does throw me off. Uh, the Triple H guy, dude, way, way, way too clean shaven to be a fucking post-apocalyptic pirate. You know what That's I'm saying? That's what bothers you about him? I mean, dude. one of. Okay. He's clean shaven. Super way clean shaven. Clean. He has perfectly done hair. Quaffed hair. Yep, yeah. Every time. Like, perfectly. I'm talking, man, what was that really bad Lewis and Clark movie that we watched? Oh, uh, almost, almost heroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Like same problem that everybody just looks perfect all the time, right? In his face, man. Like, yeah, it's a beasting face. Like, dude, that face couldn't look more prosthetic. Yeah, if they, it's tried. very weird. It's very uh, so he's like that. The good security guy from the atoll. Also, that beard is way too perfectly trimmed. Yep. For the the one that ends up I'm, joining them by the end of the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then my only other one, and the only one who doesn't do this, who commits to it the other way, is Dennis Hopper. Everybody's teeth are way too fucking clean, man. 
Oh, dude, he when he shows his teeth at the end, oh, and he's his got all gums that gum. are rotted. I oh. fucking love Dennis Hopper, dude. Dennis Hopper is the best goddamn villain. And I kept thinking it, watching this. I'm like, God, he's so fucking good, dude. No one else I made that, him I, so great in this. This his eye patch that's like broken yes. sunglasses. His eye patch. Goggles? So his goggle goes up, and one of the goggles turns into an eye patch. But the scar, because he lost his eye in the explosion, the scar keeps creeping further and further up in his up his forehead as the infection mm-hmm. spreads and it's all sprouting hair and it's so mm-hmm. fucking gross man yeah it's really good and gnarly oh that's yeah awesome. he's he's despicable in this movie like everybody as else is kind be. of just like a dumbass henchman who's just like they can play a side lieutenant but he is Gnarls. That's why you get Dennis Hopper, man. That's why you fucking get him perfectly cast in this movie, man. You know who uh, else was perf- perfectly cast in this? Who? Jack Keller. <laughs> Jack, who is he? Jack Keller, okay, who a lot of folks might remember in The Big Lebowski as a landlord. Who? Oh! Who you have Mr. Botox Triple H uh, he's snitching to Botox Triple H about the little girl who's got the map on his on her back, and I was like, "Man, I recognize him! I recognize him!" And then it clicked, and I was like, "He plays scummy I don't little think, weasel." I don't think anybody else could have been cast more perfectly for that role of being a little slime ball rat. You know, I loved. Uh... What I was talking about the design. The I love how like all the time these guns are jamming because they can't properly take care of these weapons and they don't even know how. Just seawater everywhere. Uh, that's that's a fucking great one. Uh, shit, dude. I love everything being corroded. Like oh yes, just that's getting what I was corroded. Um, small holes going into things. You know, ships taking on water as it will. You know, you have. There's like an aircraft carrier that the Deacon has, which is mm-hmm. really funny because it gets to a point where all you see is water and you've got Ariel going up to that uh, that basically floating town thing where he finds the little girl and the other the lady. The atoll is what they call that. The atoll, yeah, and Helen. Um, so that's all you see. And then you see the smoke what are they called? The smoke dusters or smokers? Just smokers. Just smokers. Again, okay, those because are like the engines the are dirty. Yeah. 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 Um, but then you go back to their home base and I didn't really have context as to where they were. And it looked like they were just standing on firm ground. They're driving cars around for some goddamn reason. And then it clicked in my head, probably an aircraft carrier, right? Mm-hmm. Or some giant boat like I, that. It, I think it's like a oh, it's the Exxon Valdez. It's a it's an oil transport ship, and that's why they have so much of the oil too. Oh, you know, as and that's it why went they, down, they call the ship. Sorry, they call the ship D's because it's the Exxon Valdez. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good. That's awesome because I did I did laugh at the end of the movie as I saw the ship going down, and I was like, <laughs> Exxon. Hmm. There's gonna be a lot of oil in that ocean. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, one thing I loved about that, which is something that like you don't really think about, and it, I didn't really pick up on it until watching this, but like as Ariel pulls up to that ship, he like 
lands on like this island around it and i was like what the dude it's because that ship hasn't been dry docked in like hundreds of years and it's just covered in barnacles that continue to spread out i was like that's a fucking great touch dude i was trying to figure that out too until it cut back to he looks overboard and sees the two guys on the jet skis and yeah. Noves dives, which, by the way, that scene was awesome. so badass. And he ho- he goes underwater <laughs> just and just holds him and drowns him. Oh, so, so awesome, sick. Dude. So brutal. So sick. But it, when he looked down, I was like, holy shit, that's just a shelf of barnacles coming off the mm-hmm. side of the ship. Such a cool little touch, man. Yeah. And th- oh, again, man. like, so much of this movie was actually really well thought out. There's a lot. I love uh, the deep lore, I think we we've called it, like... Things that you can just understand by viewing and you put it your put it together yourself. Like nobody tells you this ship is covered in barnacles. You just see it and you're like, oh, that ship's been floating for decades and nobody's done any maintenance because they don't know how. Centuries. That's cool. Yeah. So cool, man. Yeah. Freaking wild. He even he makes a uh joke, uh Deacon makes a joke. When he's standing in the captain's office and the captain's portraits above his head, and he's like, "You're about to see like the first one you've seen in centuries," or something like that, and just a nice little touch of this is a post-apocalyptic movie. They have no idea about the previous world. Like a lot of the trinkets that Ariel has on her sh- his ship are just things that. What are these? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a. What a, what a, a sprong, I think, is what Ariel calls a fork when she combs her hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A sprong. I, can, I think it's that. Um, it sounds like, I don't know. That, well, I, that's, I, what, uh, that's what the seagull calls it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are right. What, uh, yeah. um, what the fuck was I going to so say? So this is too? two live action Little Mermaid movies I've seen this year. Crazy. Oh, you actually <laughs> saw the remake one? Yeah, yeah, I did. What else it, was I it wasn't say? too Excellent. bad. Oh. It was, it was okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not in a rush to see it, even though the original is my favorite Disney movie. But I, I digress. love the original. That's my all time favorite dog. Um, That's my second. Also, favorite. probably a thing why I have such a thing for redheads. That was a wink. Nobody mm-hmm. saw that, but they that was a wink. Uh, <laughs> I grew up with it though. Um, but no, at the uh, the Exxon Valdez. Oh, I, I love that. Again, those little world building things that they treat the picture of the original captain of that ship as like some sort of demigod or godlike figure that they pray to. Whereas like, as I've said before, I used to work at sea. I've been on oil rigs and all of them have like those portraits of the captain. That's like a thing because he runs that ship. So they have their pictures hanging. And I was like, that's such a another great little fucking touch. And also that over time these people would come to see that as like a godlike figure. Ah. Yeah, a captain of a time's past. Production design dog. I okay, so another touch that I really liked that doesn't even really pop up until the end when, you know, around the same time that you see him getting to that ship with the barnacles and blah blah is that the deacon's kind of leading himself as a false prophet to a whole clan of people. Because, again, the whole point of this movie is the fact that dry land is a myth. And this mm-hmm. deacon has claimed to know, you know, he's he's basically leading a cult, claimed to have gotten visions and uh, been 
talk to that he knows or he's going to be pointed towards where Dryland is. And once he learns that this little girl, the tattoo on her back might be a map to Dryland, he's got to get her. And so that means, you know, one, they went to that atoll to try to kidnap the girl and take her and use her as a map. She ends up with Ariel, with Helen. And so this whole movie is basically a chase of trying to get this girl. And then he gets this girl, and as his followers are losing faith in him, he has something to substantiate himself again. And then Ariel shows up and repeatedly tries to kill this little girl over and over again (laughs) in the span of 10 minutes (laughs) while trying to rescue her. Um, And surprise, surprise, the guy that uh, took off from the atoll in his, the crazy scientist, kind of like Bell's father from Beauty and the Beast, my favorite Disney movie. um, He shows back up with this flying majiggy, you know, the crazy Uh guy that has a plane uh, a hot air balloon, even, maybe. Yes. And, well, conveniently saves the day twice. Uh-huh. I do like, they at least give it some, like, a, a once-over line, like, it's a good thing you burned your boat. I was able to follow the smoke. <laughs> it does just disappear. It's very uh, deus ex machina. Uh, but, and, yeah. he It's one of those things where, at the beginning of the movie, when the atoll's being attacked and everybody's being sacked and... Um, they're trying to escape and he's like to the plane let's get out of here and he accidentally sets it loose and he takes off they can't go with him you're like he's gonna save the day later in this movie Uh like there's no way you know i'm half convinced that this movie's seven hours long just to make you forget (laughs) that he was at the beginning of the movie you know that it works yeah it's it very, didn't uh, work because he showed up. I'm like, motherfucker, I forgot about you, but I knew this was going to happen. He's very, uh, that's almost the exact same thing that happens to the Wizard of Oz in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> he like accidentally <laughs> yeah. starts his balloon and he's like, I'm sorry, Dorothy, I've got to go. <laughs> just, and then Glinda's like, hey, you dumb bitch, just click your heels. You could go home this whole time. She's like, oh, why didn't anybody tell me? Because Glinda's a bitch. Yeah, okay? Glinda is a Reed bitch. Read Wicked. Glinda is a bitch. God damn, man. Uh, Team Alfaba. The, the Bikini Atoll. I have seen uh, also the Waterworld stage show that used to be at Universal Studios. What? Please tell mm-hmm. me more. So similar to uh, the Indiana Jones stage show, they had a, a giant water tank and they would basically recreate the battle of the atoll. Okay. In front of a live audience that you could see. And they'd have like explosions and gunfights and stuntmen falling in the water and jet skis. And it's really cool, man. They don't do it anymore because, again, Waterworld's like a 30-year-old movie now. So Yeah, I mean, I Does, think they just got rid of Jaws. So Yeah. I think, honestly, I think they broke down Waterworld to put in a Fast and the Furious. Ugh, uh, that's so depressing. Live. Yeah, and I it's know. probably like one of those 4D ones that it's you just... Not, it, the, I think it is stunt driving. They like just oh, basically that's cool. bulldozed the the giant pool and they they paved paradise and put up a parking lot, Sean. If if I could quit this show on the air and there still be a way for this episode to get out, I would. <laughs> After that joke. Good dear God. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't like my John Mayer reference? Yo, give me that scurvied up perv again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I did Wait, love- we're still talking about John Mayer? The scurvied up perv. <laughs> oh man. I love how at the beginning of this movie, uh he had a lemon a small lemon tree. That's a great little touch, too, for scurvy. I was like, oh, of course yeah. he would need citrus. Or a lime tree. It was a lime yeah, tree. Yeah, I think it was lime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I um, was also thinking, does a, uh, does an aerial mermaid need vitamin C? He's he's adapted well, to life on the ocean. Well, he's, well, I don't know. Who knows what he has mutated to adapt for? True. We know he's got webbed toes, conveniently, sometimes for the camera. And he's also got really gross slits behind his ears like those dude when you first see those when he's at the atoll and like before they take him cap you know capture they're gonna kill him folks Mm -hmm. like this is why the x-men are the x like come the fuck on stop trying to kill mutants this never ends good for anybody anyways when they discover that he's got slits behind his ear i'm like the fuck is this face off like does he have somebody (laughs) else's face right now what is happening Dude. The only part that uh, they always give me the heebie-jeebies about the gills behind the ears is that he's constantly got, like, his hair. And I'm like, dude, is his oh, hair always in his gill? Oh, I, uh, it, it makes me, ah, I'm doing it now. It's giving me goosebumps just thinking about, like, his hair getting stuck in his fucking ear gills. Ah! Oh, man. Okay, so it wasn't, was it Patrick Swayze recently? No. Who did we just do a movie with that I was like, dude, that guy was pretty hot? What movie did we just do? We do that a lot. I know. Man, I'm we're running into, out of... We're into I don't hot know. dudes a lot on this show. Who the fuck was it, though? I know exactly what... Was it Swayze? Because he was really was good Swayze. looking. Because and... I know, like, while we were talking about it, I was like, was man, a lot of people love Swayze. It was Mel Gibson Because he hair. was smoking hot and, like... Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mel Gibson, smoke show. But, dude... You got Kevin Costner in this. If he wasn't thinning so much on the top. I know, right? That's I kept thinking that too. Like he was a gruff, good looking guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know? But when his hair's like wet and slicked back and you can see the thinning, I'm like, ah. Yeah, he's got literally eight strands of hair like every Sorry, three centimeters. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. Uh, we also- talked about crappy CGI. Yeah. Um, there is a scene in this movie that straight up reminded me of uh, Bastion riding Falcor from uh, Neverending Story. And that's when Ariel puts Helen in this reverse jellyfish thing that he has oh, yeah, on his boat for some reason because he doesn't need it. D- mm-hmm. Does he have that just in case he's like, maybe I'll have a girl in the ship and I can show her the bottom of the ocean. It was weird. I didn't know if it was that or if like he used it to store stuff that he found down there to bring it up. But oh, that's again, not a bad shout. Maybe that's like that's like a net that he fills up and sends back to the ship. Yeah, because it oh, also is like shout. full of it is full of water and buoyant. It might help him return to the surface. I did like another little touch that they do in the bikini scene or the I say bikini because I always think bikini atoll, which is where they did the nuclear bomb testing. But when they're doing the atoll scene and like he swims underwater really fast and then like jumps on his boat, another like I was this? like, that's that's a, such a cool little fucking thing, man. And it makes I you think that- about the previous scene where he was diving for trinkets and for dirt and shit. When mm-hmm. it's just you know world building, setting the scene for him, he effortlessly like gets 
out of the water and just jumps up onto a yeah. ship. And you straight don't up. think about it until you see that scene that you're talking about where he straight up hands in front of him uh, Michael Phelpsing straight through the water, you know? Just like a fucking rocket. Uh, yeah. Bet you he didn't need pots. What else did we... Uh, when he's down there, man, I really I really enjoyed that, that stuff, like... Of him swimming through the city that's been flooded and all yeah. the all the little shit. I love that submarine that's there. Yes, like when it's not super jarring CGI, it's a really cool mm-hmm. scene. It yeah. looks really awesome of this dilapidated city that's just literally rusted out. I think it's supposed to be. I think that's supposed to be Denver, Colorado. Oh, uh, I will say up until that point. Even though we know that this world is all water, it didn't click in my head that they were probably just over the United States and there was cities right below them. It's really it's really weird to put yourself in that process of thought because we're so used to seeing water and there just being, you know, the bottom of the ocean beneath it. So when yeah. they went down and saw that, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know why I didn't think that, but that's cool. I also liked uh, Helen. She talks about how she always thought that dry land wasn't attached to the ground and it was free floating. And that's why it was so hard to find. That's another oh. great, like, little world building thing that she just throws out yeah. there that, again, people would think like that in the future when you haven't seen land well why haven't we oh because it moves and we haven't even mentioned this that helen isn't the little girl's mom she's just Mm -mm. kind of like a caretaker like i don't even know if they really explain where the girl came from maybe they did i don't know at the end they do it's implied that the island that because that's the reason she has the tattoo and the island that they land on that island yeah which as far as I don't think it's ever explained anywhere, but I've always assumed that is a, what's the, Himalaya, what's, what's No, that's gotta be, what, Mount St. Helen? Not Mount St. Helen, no, because they're, what is the tallest fucking mountain range in the goddamn world? Everest. I believe that's Everest. But if that was Everest, man, how long were they traveling Exactly. So they they do travel for a long time, especially if like at one point we are in Denver. I think there's a little. You know, that could make sense if they were there because the huts were. I don't know. I I guess we can't even really. I don't know. I don't know. I would. I just have to assume that that would have to be Everest because Everest is the tallest point in the world right now. And if the world was flooded. Uh, although also, uh, if the, even if like right now the polar ice caps were to flood, it would only raise our sea levels by like, I think 10 feet. It's not going to cover cities. No, so there's a little I bit mean, of, it's uh, going to be pretty devastating, but. Oh, well, absolutely. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just yeah. saying it will not cover our cities. Uh, I also really like the subtleness. This is a universal picture. So when the movie starts, we get the universal logo, but then we zoom in. And we see the polar ice caps melting and the water rising mm-hmm. in the universal. I love when studios do that little shit. It's a really nice touch. That's like a full send, which is uh, going back to what we started with. It is a disappointment that this was kind of a bomb when you have something like that. That's It's a full send for a studio that they're going to go out of their way to remake their own logo. iconic logos. 
and mm-hmm. animations to match what's going on in the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just view it as a full send, and that's that had to have been a tough pill to swallow. I love the uh, the definition full send. I'm I'm familiar with it. I've never used it in this context, but it absolutely works, and we will continue to do that from now on. Hell yeah, that is or a at full least send, until we but, forget. Yeah, that's true. They fully commit to that bit, though. And uh, again, it's just it's a nice little world building aspect to bring you in. I love uh, I love the way that he hunts the giant fish. Uh, the fish is oh, weird. Yeah, I like, dude. I wish we'd talk <laughs> about that more. Like, just get more of it. But it's this crazy huge fish with like a sideways mouth. Yeah, and it eats him, and yep. then he kills it from the inside. I love that. And it it shows his gun. He's got like two spears loaded on both sides, so that when he yep. gets swallowed, he ah, it he all works so it. well, Sean. And it makes another, fucking sense. Another thing we didn't even talk about is okay. So he gets captured at the atoll, which starts building the world that he has zero trust for human because they don't like him, right? Mm-hmm. And so he spends the first half of this movie not even wanting Helen and this little girl on his ship at all. And the point that makes him actually start to turn is scurvy pedophile. And yeah. from that point forward, they actually think that he's going to boot them off the boat because she's Helen's harpooned a fucking airplane oh, ruined yeah, half of his ship she, you got a little girl playing with his crayons yeah that is <laughs> He's so pissed a legit <laughs> sentence that I just said out loud that pissed off a person that's hilarious but at that point it's a tipping point and he actually starts to like them and he throws a fishing pole into the water and he goes you're not gonna catch anything with this and so he like double harpoons a big ass fish and I love when he's he's got like that giant hunk of meat and he's just cooking it and they're all just like stuffing god damn it dude the world building is top notch in this that Um, little girl is also a badass dude like she gives no fucks when she's shit talking Uh deacon's dudes at the end of the movie fucking botox triple h straight to his face (laughs) as he's stealing beacon's booze yeah dude i love it too They, you know, as I said, they say never work with kids because generally kids are terrible actors. This little girl can fucking act, man, at this age. She's good. I'm glad that she's still going. Mm -hmm. She never takes you out of the movie, which is the problem with kid actors is that it's a lot of times very obvious they're acting. She's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, We talked about it a couple times. I love how ariel's boat is almost its own character it's so cool it's like a dude, transformer it's fucking transformer <laughs> yeah dude yes another part that i've always loved is the way that like he steers the ship it's got like this it's a rudder like slash combo of like this bicycle gear that raises his sails and he's oh, kicking like, like levers with his webbed toes con- that are only webbed when it's convenient mm-hmm Making stuff happen. I love, there's there's a couple times they show, like, how in tune he is with the ship where he's not even looking, but he knows the thing's coming around, and, like, he ducks and, like, stands yep. back up, because he just, he knows the ship that well. And I guess uh, Kevin Costner actually just lived on this boat for, like, three weeks before they started filming, so he could get comfortable on maneuvering on it, so it would feel like second nature. Gotta love that dedication to the craft, man. That's pretty awesome. I mean, he did put $55 million into this movie. You would Mm -hmm. think that he would. You mentioned the boat. I will say 
I had, okay, so you have what the boat typically looks like, and it looks like uh, like a, a baker's mixer <laughs> aimed oh, yeah, point yeah, up. Oh, that, that, yeah, like windmill thing. Yeah, yeah, it looks like, well, maybe not a windmill, but I'm talking like, you know, like the like a mixer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, one of those the, sticking it's got the blades up. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you're thinking of like a wind chime that just like floats in the air and well, spins. I think they do make windmills for the ocean that look very similar to that. They're tubular. I'll send you one of those, too. Only because I, I don't want to see it. Let me live Not in my enough. world. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Baker mixer on the ship. Yes. Yeah. I know. yeah. So that's the only <laughs> thing I have ever seen of this ship. So I was like, man, that ship is dumb as fuck, man. But then as soon as he activates it and you've got it going and like this thing's coming out and the whole sail pops up bad ass that thing like, could kick the shit out of optimus prime for sure i like that he's got like the extra sail that like when he needs to go really fast he can like launch that kite thing which yeah. is again another real thing that they are now using on those on real big oil tankers to like mm-hmm. help cut fuel costs they have these gigantic kites that they fly out the front that pull the ship along so they don't have to use as much engine power. It's a real thing that they do right now. Brilliant. And that is that is just like one of those old school, like go to the past to make the present easier. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. I love that. You don't have to get rid of everything from the past. Like repurpose this shit, right? I also loved, there's a scene towards the end where you have Deacon and the guys have set a trap. They set up like this boat kind of thing, um, make it look like uh, they they're waving them down. But oh it's just yeah, yeah, a yeah! Bunch of dead people and the trader post. Ri- yeah, they're rigging them up to be these dead people be <laughs> waving, waving and stuff like that. <laughs> and so Kevin Costner goes, or you got Ariel going down to the bottom of his ship and looks through a periscope underwater and just sees people on jet skis under, you know, rigged underwater, ready to launch up. And he goes up and he like stands on the side of the boat. He starts turning it. He does his little, you know, do, do, do. Uh, I don't know, turning his sails thing. Like you just said, you got to do yeah. 12 things. But then he stands on the side of the boat just to get the boat to tilt up on its side to cut even further. And it sounds well, like such a dumb thing to bring up, but it is such a cool touch to see somebody who's that in tune with the boat to go to one side to lift it up to make a tighter curve or turn. I'm sorry. I'm sure that made zero sense to anybody who's listening that hasn't seen this movie, but I loved it. The The reason too, and that, that has a practical thing too, because the reason that uh, when he looks underwater and he sees the people hanging out on the jet skis, uh, it, it, those are a group of smokers that are like, they're pulling a net. And yeah. so he's like, he's making the boat lean so that the, the two legs on the side clear the net as they're escaping. And I get that's, just ah, such great little touches. He like he tells them the the people to get on that side so they can weigh it down. And I love when he's like he like even does the uh, that gymnast like stretch thing where he puts his arms on it and his legs are sticking straight out to get all yes. of his weight. He over. was doing a flagpole. Yes, flagpole. Oh, dude! When he started doing the flagpole, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Mm-hmm. And then he- I just smiled, nodded, and. You're thought like, it God was damn. kick ass. It makes sense. It's what it's it's a silly sci-fi movie that takes the rules seriously. I I appreciate mm-hmm. it. They're dedicated. They don't half-ass it. 
Um, there is one character too, I will say as a kid, uh, very similar to the paper guy, uh, always stuck with me, man. Cause as a kid, like death is a weird thing, right? Like, yeah, you don't want to die. But I remember the old guy at the bottom that when the ship explodes yes. and he says, oh, thank God. I, yes. I couldn't wrap my head around that as a kid. Like, why would somebody be excited to die? But now, of course, like looking back, dude, that yep. would, what a miserable existence for that dude. So the guy you're describing for the benefit of listeners who maybe haven't seen this movie is on Deacon's uh, tanker ship. Oil here. rig. Uh-huh. He, he's got a, this old guy that is basically sitting in a rowboat down in the oil reserve tank. Constant, whose sole purpose in life is to track how much oil is left on this ship. Mm-hmm. And so when, like I said, Ariel, in a span of 10 seconds, tries to kill this kid 20 times, uh, he drops a flare down because they call his bluff that he'll blow up the whole ship. He drops a flare down into the oil tank because he ain't fucking around. He don't bluff, as the girl says, with pride. He sees the flare dropping and says, oh, thank God. And, dude, that hit home with me, too. Like, that stuck out. And it it's a really weird feeling to understand and also, like, feel relieved for that guy. Because mm-hmm. this but guy you do feel has relieved. a shit job and is treated like, like he got spit on in the only other scene in this movie for letting Deacon know that they hardly had any time left on this ship. And the reason that he gets spit on is because that's his water, dude. Deacon is spitting down there as a thank you. He's like, here, have this. And the old guy says, thank you. Because, dude, for real, every day he doesn't get to leave this fucking oil well. It's constantly dark down there unless they open it up to talk to him. He lives in isolation. You know it fucking stinks down there. He doesn't eat. Oh, God, what a terrible existence absolute trash trash existence yep and yeah the last thing i guess god damn we have fucking flown through this episode man uh this has been like legit like 40 minutes of just straight talk about this movie and i am good shit for it i also love the fact that this giant ship would they wouldn't know how to work it so what do they fucking do he's got a hundred hundreds of fucking people on there it's like old school shit they've got giant holes in the side and they have huge oars that everybody has to like stroke to move this giant fucking oil rig i love that shit yeah yep i love that they have that they're doing that but somehow they have a hundred jet skis Uh uh-huh that just work yeah (laughs) which makes no sense at all but hey you know i don't want to jump mm-hmm jump some logic train here but those jet skis were kind of cool i love that they have like batteries like car batteries super glued on the front just to like yeah again the way that like everything here is just like pieced together patched together to make things work to eke out a meager existence (sighs) i can't shut up about this world design i love that a movie like this um it's it's just timeless it doesn't matter when you watch it you know, I can sit here and try to think to myself, oh, well, when did the world end? You know, what does it matter? It it doesn't matter. There's nothing no. in this movie 
that feels out of place because it's literally several hundred years from now. It doesn't matter when the world ended. Yeah. You know, you see a skeleton of the world for 10 seconds that they probably spent $3 million generating. But you see like a skeleton of a world and part of a a sign from a store that I couldn't even piece together what it was. It looked like a donut shop. It was. It's a playoff. There's a famous donut shop in California that looks like that. Although this one, uh, I found out it's not actually a donut up there. That's a life preserver. Fuck off. To look like the donut. But they they wanted to make it water related. I was like, yeah, okay. That's a fun little fun little aspect stupid um i hate it i I went from liking this movie this destroyed it (laughs) this is fucking trash um so yeah shitting on the movie hating it and trashing it uh god damn man i i think i have covered everything i wanted to discuss with this movie which is crazy because i feel like i just rambled for 40 minutes nonstop. that's all we did yeah it's okay that's very fair. Do you have anything else that really stuck out to you that impacted you? Nothing that you? really stuck out to me. I feel like, um, honestly, I feel like the ending hits a little flat Sure. for me. Sure. Uh, which, I'm pretty with sure what too, the ending had to be, I think yeah. it was okay. But it hit all the predictable notes. Outside of, I, I did like the touch of them finding... Maybe it was the girl's parents. Maybe it was just somebody from her tribe. But, you know, you kind of figure out that she was sent out in the world to try to get more people to come here and help save more of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a nice little touch. But then you've got Ariel being like, I got to go back to the ocean. This lion doesn't move right. I know that I got a family here, but I got to go. I don't have a ship no more, but I'm going to the water. An impeccable Kevin Costner impression. Thank you. (laughs) um, Fuck, I was going to say something about it, too. I don't know why Uh, I made him, like, fuck Forrest Gump and have a baby, and then that's what I was impersonating. I don't know. uh, I I talked about the made-for-TV version that has, like, 40 minutes extra stuff. It has a different ending, too, that I, I think is slightly better. I can't fully remember it and I should have researched more, but I do know it adds more context and it it's it's got so much that it's got a different ending name. Mm. But I okay. can't remember it fully. I need to research that just for my own aspect now. And listeners you should too because we're not going to do it right here. But the mm. extended version has more stuff. Um you want to rate it, buddy? Yeah, I I will rate it. I'm trying to think I got a rating system for you. I got mine too, but let's start with yours. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, buddy. Uh, say that. Say that you are on this big old oil tanker, right? Uh-huh. And like you had said, you don't know how to work this thing, and you just have a bunch <laughs> of holes. Yeah, yeah. Cut into the side of the ship with ore sticking out, and you yourself are this one guy that's basically mushing a bunch of people to be rowing. A scene in this movie that actually made me laugh out loud is this scene where the guy is looking directly into the camera at me and just yelling in a, in a, broke, 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 
Exactly. Uh, so let's pretend, Kyle, that you are this guy and you are trying to command... Mm, I don't want to make it easy. You are trying to command 60 of Deacon's followers to row this boat. Okay. How many can you get to row? How many people are slacking, you know? How many people can you get to row? I got you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like is I your think I do. is your ship going to be drifting a direction? I think I think I understand what you're saying. So, with the 60 people that I have at my yeah. command, and basing it on uh, a shiny aspect of my enjoyment of the movie at the time, uh, I'm going to be pretty high up here, buddy. I'm going to say I got 53 people mushing. I got seven lazy slackers. Um, All right. It is All by right. no you means. You got seven aerials. Yeah. <laughs> it's by no means a perfect flick. I, I, I fully understand the flaws of this movie, but I am a huge defender of this movie. I think it has a terrible rap. Uh, I think it's enjoyable. It's entertaining. It's everything you would want in a movie. Um, I do think the two-hour cut is a good decision because it does get a bit long in the tooth. And by the time we do get to the ending, we're kind of ready for it to end. Um, So good moves there. Although I do also like the extra added stuff. So, eh. CG is a little dated. I can't hate too much on that because it is just a product of the time. And uh, other than that, man, uh, the commitment to the bit sells so much of this over for me. I fucking love this movie, dude. I don't care. I I will watch this movie anytime. It's entertaining. It's fun. Wild. Can't believe it because it's about the ocean, which I personally hate. So wild to me. I didn't. I don't know why I never even put together that it's Mad Max on the ocean until you said it. But that's the best goddamn description anybody could ever hope to hear. That is hilarious. I, you know, I'm glad that I could put that into your ears and have you think that for all the rest of time. Um, Shani, you used the exact same rating system I was planning to use, so I'm glad you went first. Dude, <laughs> I, as soon as you mentioned that they were doing oars, uh-huh. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> That's the only, I actually typed it on my notepad okay. so I wouldn't forget that That's scene great. so I could use it as a, as a rating. Well, I'm glad that you got that. So let me, I'll say it this way, okay? Shawnee, say that you are an aerial, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you have this sweet ass catamaran and then you pick up couple of stragglers a hitchhiker and her young girl that she's also taking uh care of and this young girl happens to find your collection of 25 different colored crayons shawnee how many of these 25 crayons is this little girl going to take from you how many is she going to take from me Mm-hmm. None, because those are my fucking crayons. Get your own, kid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have a very rare, odd-numbered collection of crayons. No way Crayola sold one of those. Bullshit. I think, um, hmm. I think it was a 20. I don't this know. This is how tough. Many. You made a lot of really good points in your review, and one of the big ones that you said was the CGI is dated. And I just wanted to touch upon that. I I can't. I mean, I mentioned that earlier in this movie. 
there's no way I can knock it for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch it and that's the only thing that really hits you over the head as, oh, this was made, you know, 20, 30 years ago kind yeah. of thing. What can you do? It led to a cool scene. And by the time it comes back, it was fine. Uh, this was a fun Mad Max on the ocean schlock. It had a lot of really great high points in it. Only a couple of low points for me. I also don't understand the hate on this movie. I had somebody from work the other day because I had mentioned that I was going to watch this. And he goes, oh, that's one of my dad's favorite movies. Awesome. That's great. And like, I can get it. If you're mid to late 40s, early 50s, whatever, you watch this when you're much younger, I can get, I can see why this is one of your favorite movies. I get it. Like, I, I just don't understand the hate on it. Mm-hmm. Um, There's dozens of us. I also agree that uh, the runtime does get a little long in the tooth. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit here and watch. With all that being said, I don't want to sit here and watch the three hour cut. Sure, sure. In one sitting. I would love to see the extra hours worth of stuff. Just give me me a roll of that stuff. Yeah, you know, give me the supplemental stuff and I'll use my brain, piece it all together. Very cool. I wouldn't mind watching 40 minutes it's not a big deal. I just don't want to watch three hours. And I think that might be a reason why uh, I felt the ending was a, fe- felt a little slack because mm-hmm. it's like two hours and 10 minutes long, you know, send it out with a bang or yeah. something a little bit more satisfying than I got to go home. Yeah. It's that he just sails away. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Okay. You said 25. Um, with that being said, I'm not even going to do the math. I'm just going to say what I feel is right. Uh-huh. I'll give this movie. Um, I'll give it 20 out of 25. Like it's by no means good perfect, score. but it's really good. It's a little long. I think honestly, too, we've just been really blessed with straight 90s uh-huh. for the last couple of movies. Quick hour and a half movies. Yeah. So two hours is a little bit jarring to go back to. You can feel the extra half an hour. Um, but yeah, this this movie was great. It, it was a lot of fun. And I'm, as I say so often on the show, glad that we watched it. Hell yeah, man. I'm glad too. I'm glad I could get another convert. I'm curious to hear, honestly, from the listeners. Listeners, we want to know. Are you a Waterworld fan, or do you not like this movie? Or have you only heard via the cultural zeitgeist that it's a bad movie, so you've avoided it? Because if you have, we're both here to tell you, maybe fix that thinking. Give this movie a shot. Yeah, this isn't just a movie. As you spent the last hour and seven minutes listening to us talk, this isn't what I thought it was, where it's just a dude floating around on a boat trying to find some land. Like... That didn't sound entertaining to me, and that's one of the main reasons I never watched this movie. Like I said, if they told me this was a Mad Max, air, like, Little Mermaid movie, sign me the fuck up. Hell yeah, buddy. They didn't. I'm very happy that I could Man, give you dude, this movie. I'm so, yeah. I'm so good at avoiding spoilers that, like... I've gone 27 years without knowing that Kevin Costner was a mermaid in Waterworld. Yep. Wild, right? Fucking awesome. (laughs) Speaking of mermaids, Kevin Costner, and Waterworld, Shawnee, 
Uh, why don't you take us out? What do, what do you think the listeners can do today? I think the listeners can go flipper themselves off. They're so pointless, but go on. Do you write tiny? Let me see the size of your handwriting. Yeah, you write tiny. Jesus and then I also Christ, that's I'm, a novel. I, yeah, I, I also wrote sideways. Yeah, so and I do the yeah, I do all of that. But Shawnee, I, I just uh, on our way out here, I got a would you rather for you, buddy. What you got? All right, Shawnee, would you rather land a backflip on your snowboard or beat up the guy that put commercials? in gas pumps. Okay. I would, man, I'll tell you what, I hardly ever have to get gas, like ever, because I barely drive my car. I get gas maybe twice a month. And so I could not give a single shit about the commercials in my gas pumps. Also, like, I don't pay attention. I'm on my phone. I'm doing the naughty. You know what I'm saying? Don't use your phone. <laughs> Fuck that. I watch Mythbusters. I'm good. Kiss my grits. So That's right. I'm doing a backflip. Long story short, I'm doing a backflip on the snowboard. All right. I love it. Until next time, folks. <laughs>